The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and The Crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and shout out to everybody out there enjoying the summer, heading into the meat of the summer as we get into July. Hope everybody had a great Juneteenth weekend, and of course, those who are celebrating the Independence Day in the United States, hope you enjoyed that as well. Shout out to all the listeners stateside and worldwide for continuing to push the numbers up. As we have now gotten on TikTok, you can find us on TikTok at Vault Classic Pod. There we are releasing videos and audio clips as well, audiograms of our episodes. Thank you all to everyone out there who has joined us on TikTok. And if you're out there on TikTok, go ahead and search for us at Vault Classic Pod. Plan to have lots of new good stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks as we dive into TikTok for the first time. As we always say here on the Vault, our motto is hashtag Open the Vault. Hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today we have a bonus segment, bonus episode as we go in a little bit of a different direction this week. And I want to bring you back to 20 years ago to the summer of 02. A very interesting summer for me personally, but music wise was a really, really hot summer. A lot of artists putting out great music and a lot of albums and singles during that particular time that served as a hell of a soundtrack for that summer in particular for me in the dc area coming up during that time it was a mixture of a lot of different music and i'll get into that in just a second in regards to what was happening to me during that summer of 2002 when i came home now right around the middle of may a couple of weeks before memorial day i'm leaving morgan state university to come home and i'm coming home for the summertime And coming home after, I would say, a pretty good semester at Morgan that year. I want to say that I probably, during that time, had one of my better GPAs, probably somewhere upwards of about a 3.3 to 3.4 that semester. So I really killed it. I really attuned that to being in a great place, having some great classes and professors. And I was proud of myself because, you know, in the beginning, my first year or so, I kind of was like right around, you know, high twos maybe just around the low threes, 3.0 or so. But I really, I got to a point where I was past that and I was like 3.4 during that semester of the spring of 02. So I'm home from college. Now I need to start working. And unfortunately for your boy, when I got home and getting a job from college for me during the summertime would always be a challenge. And I'll explain to you why. Now, most people, when they were getting their summer jobs, when they were in college, they usually lined those up before they came home or some of them would be able to get a jump on it and would be able to start working 
soon after they got home. Well, for me, I was a procrastinator in that sense. So every summer when I came home, I kind of struggled the first couple of weeks and probably maybe that first month home to find a job really to get me going. So when I got home, you know, my first week or so, a couple of weeks was just me trying to find a job because my parents did not want me sitting at home all day, not doing anything. And I didn't want to sit at home all day doing anything. And my friends who were home and had been home were already working. So it's like, I'm not just going to hang out with my friends. So I got to go find something to do. So let me go ahead and make some money. Looked into a couple of jobs and I worked a couple of dead end jobs that first month. Like I used to look inside of the Diamondback, which was the University of Maryland student newspaper. University of Maryland was right down the street from where I lived at when I was in college. And they would have jobs posted in there, especially because if they were looking for students to fill those jobs, And while I wasn't a University of Maryland student, I was a college student coming home and I was local. And so I decided to apply for a couple of jobs there. Then also looking in like the Gazette and the Washington Post to try to see if I can find jobs. Well, (laughs) the thing about me is like I started looking for these jobs and applied for the ones like for those who remember back during this time. And you probably still have them now. You see those jobs that are posted like, you know, hey, work part-time, make anywhere from $500 to $1,000 every single week or 1000 to $2,000 every single week, part-time, set your own hours or work a flexible schedule. And to me, <laughs> at 20 years old, that seemed like a really, really good idea. Well, it really wasn't ideal. The first one was a telemarketing job where I got to work in the evening, you know, like five to nine, but it was horrible. I think I worked there one day It was an outbound calling job. So you were calling people's homes and that I think those three and a half hours I worked. So we got a half hour break. I think I got cursed out and told off and somebody told me never to call their house again. I worked there one day and I didn't come back. And I think they knew that that was the kind of job that they were dealing with. It was for a home remodeling company to schedule people to come out for estimates. So the next one I actually worked at was a canvassing job on Capitol Hill. And it was for a environmental protections agency or group that was going around trying to get, you know, memberships and people signed up for donations. And I went to work there one day and it was a long day, by the way, eight hour day, two to 10. We all got into like this minivan. We drove out to Northern Virginia at that time. I think it was at Fairfax. We went around this neighborhood and we walked around for like probably six hours going door to door. And We didn't have much success. And I was like, I cannot do this for the rest of the summer. So I worked there one day. (laughs) Finally, after a couple of weeks of still working, I went ahead and I got a job working the third shift at FedEx. FedEx Ground in a distribution center not far from where I lived at in PG County. Now, third shift, I was working basically from one o'clock in the morning till about six o'clock in the morning. And my job was loading trucks. So, and I was loading the big box trucks. I wasn't doing many of the delivery vans. They had places in the distribution center where there were lines where people would load the delivery vans, but I was actually loading what they called the bulk truck. So I was getting packages that were going to the shopping center and I would basically fill up at least half to a little more than half of that truck throughout the day. So that was my first job. And I worked that for maybe a couple of weeks. Then I got a call back on a second job. And that was working as an editor for this company that did transcripts of the financial calls every quarter. 
when the companies had their earning calls, there was this company that was a news service, had contractors transcribe and also provide basically briefs, what we call briefs. It's sort of like an outline of the call and the highlights and everything else. And so my job was to edit these briefs and transcripts. And I did that also as a part-time job somewhere in between like maybe 10, 1030 to about five, five thirty, maybe six. And they knew that I worked a job overnight. So they were flexible when I came in, but they needed me to put the work in to work at least six and a half to seven hours. And if I possibly could maybe work eight. So at a certain point in time, your boy was working two jobs during the summertime. So during the week, there wasn't a lot of things really getting done. But during the weekend is definitely when I cut loose. So a lot of the time during those weekends, I spent with my boys, Deal and Def. Shout out to Deal and Def. We were making music in my boy Deal's basement, smoking, of course, and making music while we were doing it at the same time. We were going to hang out at some friend's house. But then later on that summer, interestingly enough, I got involved with meeting up with these folks from a message board online. Now, here's a little bit of background. PA Palace was the main go-go music distributor in the DMV, in the D.C. metro area, where there's a store that they sold lots of tapes, the audio tapes of live recordings of go-go bands. And it would be all types of bands, Rare Essence, Backyard Band, Junkyard Band, Northeast Groovers at times when they were together, then the iterations of the What Band and 911, and lots of other bands that were sort of out there, TCB, UCB, Raw Image that were on and popping. On the PA Palace website, there was a message board. That message board was full of lots of go-go fans, and there was a dispute between the moderators and the leaders of the message board on PA Palace, where a certain group of folks decided to say, well, we don't like what you're doing over here. We're going to start our own discussion board. So that's what happened. A group of folks from PA Palace's board left PA Palace and went over and started their own message board, interestingly enough, called the board. So... Uh, My roommate was actually a member of the PA Palace board and then jumped over to the board and told me about like some of the conversations that were happening, like some of the shows that people were going to, tapes were being put up, were being shared on FTP site. He tells me like, hey, you might as well jump on the message board. So I did and I jumped on it right before school ended. And the board was really interesting because you were interacting with a lot of different people from, you know, all of us were all like around the same age or like my older sister's age, my older sister who went to West Virginia and was in college during that time or just graduated and was in grad school. So we were all probably like around the same age range, a couple of older folks, some older than us, some a little bit younger who were like right, maybe just a year or two behind me. And we would do things like folks would get together at shows that were happening. Backyard Band was one of the more popular bands that during that time, Junkyard was another one where members would get up and meet up with each other and we would just have a good time at these shows. But then we started having cookouts that summer in 2002. So we had cookouts at and around Hydesville and where I was at, this is like right down the street from where I lived. So it was always a very, very short commute to get to these cookouts. It was all a really, really good group of people. Um, I met a lot of great people there, made some great friends. We uh, built some you know, great connections with each other off of our love with not just go-go music, but then also hip hop. And then being around folks like that, you sort of network and learn about what people do and It's been now almost 20 years and a lot of us now have known each other for that long. And, you know, I've known a lot of those folks. We've all kind of grown up together. I've seen some of them have kids, their kids going to graduate now high school and the kids are getting big. But it all kind of started right there. But we spent a lot of that summer having cookouts and definitely going to a lot of go go live shows. 
A lot of shows were backyard band, junkyard band, wet band, a lot of venues, places like the Met, aka Dino's, what was called Dino's, but was nicknamed the Met. Also going to Millennium, also the Revolution Cafe, a lot of different places that we went to and hit up Go-Go's during that particular summer. So it was a really, really fun summer. But that summer as well was a great summer for hip hop and R&B. And it really made for a great soundtrack overall for me personally. And then for everybody else who was sort of out around and about, as we like to say, who were outside, it made for a great soundtrack. So we're going to go into a little bit about the music that dominated that summer. First off, no conversation about music and the soundtrack to the summer of 02 can happen without you starting it off with Nelly. And <laughs> no, everybody here heard our country grammar review a couple of years ago. That episode actually is one of my more popular episodes. And I'm not surprised because, I mean, Nelly is a guy who, depending on the hip hop crowd that you run in or walk in or the ones that you may align with, may not be the most popular person there because of what people think he stood for and what he people say he did to the game, which I don't really buy a whole lot of that because I think there's a lot of space for different styles and people in hip-hop even back then i kind of thought that nelly wasn't my favorite person to listen to during most times but to me nelly had his place and nelly during this particular time was as big if not bigger than most rappers in the game and i say he was bigger than them because commercially nobody did as well as he did with the exception of maybe eminem but nobody commercially did as well as Nelly did. Even Jay. Jay had some success. But when it came to crossing over from hip hop rap into pop and getting pop success and mainstream having the success that a rapper can have, Nelly was as successful as anybody not named Eminem in the game. And I say that from a commercial perspective. And it's because of this. Nellyville, his second album, actually came out in June of that year. It was released on June 25th of 2002. So Nellyville came out, and this is on the heels of Country Grammar, which is already a diamond-selling platinum album, meaning it sold over 10 million copies. So that's how big Country Grammar was. This was the follow-up album. When I say that Nelly truly dominated this summer, would be an understatement, because Nellyville comes out and... The first couple of singles that come out are two massive singles. It's Hot in Here and Dilemma. Now, Hot in Here was the first one that was released. Hot in Here was released actually on May 7th. So this is right around the time when I'm getting ready to come out of school. But when it popped was really right around that Memorial Day weekend time. Because at this point now, it's starting to rise up the charts into the top 10. Well, by the time that we get into, I would say, the second or third week in June... Hot in here is within the top five of the charts. By the time we get into July, it's at number one. And when it got to number one, it stayed there for seven weeks on the Billboard Hot 100. And that was ridiculous. So then you follow that up in June, in late June, Dilemma featuring Kelly Rowland comes out. And for those who were out and around and about during that time, we know how big of a song that was. Well, Hot in here was a huge, huge hit. But Dilemma with Kelly Rowland, the fact that it was a song based in love, the fact that they had a great music video that accompanied it with Kelly Rowland and Kelly was big because Destiny Child was absolutely huge during that time. You take Nelly and Kelly and they had a great chemistry on that song and the video showed them with great chemistry. It was a hit. 
It was a formula that really, really worked. And that eventually made it number one on the charts. And when that made it number one on the charts, it stayed number one on the charts for 10 weeks. So let's put this together. Hot in Here and Dilemma. Two songs. One song is number one for seven weeks. Dilemma is number one for 10 weeks. That's 17 weeks of being number one on the Billboard Hot 100. I mean, when you think about that, that's almost unprecedented for a rapper to be on the chart for that long. For those many weeks back then, during that time, it was unheard of for that to happen. 17 weeks. So when I talk about that Nelly dominated the summer of 2002, that's why. There was a particular time at one point that Dilemma and Hot in Here were both the top two on the Billboard Hot 100. I mean, and you could tell listening to the radio when I was listening to WPGC in 93.9, you always heard those two songs and you would hear it so much at a point in time, you just have to turn the radio off, (laughs) but they were really, really big hits. Another group that dominated during that summer as well, Murder Inc. But in particular, the person that really made their mark on that summer was Ashanti. And with Ashanti, she was coming out with her debut album, the first single, Foolish which was a huge hit, which came out during that spring, but it maintained a good amount of consistency through the spring and into the beginning of that summer where it was number one on the charts. And that stayed number one on the charts for a good amount of time. I want to say that Foolish is spent 10 weeks at number one on the Hot 100. So (laughs) you want to talk about songs that had big, big hits. We talked about Dilemma had 10 weeks, number one on the Hot 100. Ashanti, 10 weeks on the Hot 100. So That got us started into the beginning of that summer. But then later on that summer, she also had contributions on a couple other songs that were big during that summer. What's Love with Fat Joe, which wasn't number one, but definitely spent some time within like that top 20. And then transitioned into later on that summer, another song that a lot of people probably don't remember, but some of you who are around that time know about the song Down For You, aka Down Ass Chick that featured Ja Rule and also Charlie Baltimore. But that was a big hit during that summertime. And then as the late summer rolls around, Ashanti continues her staying power with Happy and then also with Baby, which will become a not as big a hit as the first two, but definitely became a song that was recognizable by the fall of that year. So Murder, Inc. was big because Ashanti was big. And Ashanti had... A great 2002 and it was something that would roll into 2003 and really gave her like a two or three year run where she was really huge another big hit during that particular time cameron now cameron had oh boy which was number one on the chart for a few weeks and that was a huge hit that featured Joel santana of course but that song was huge and produced by just blaze and it really began and started the wave that would make Diplomats, a.k.a. Dipset, a big thing over the next few years where you saw Cameron start to emerge, but then you started to see faces and personalities like Jim Jones. You saw Joel start to emerge out of that. Then you saw other personalities, Max B. Eventually, J.R. Ryder signed with Diplomats. Freaky Zeke, all these other guys were Diplomats, and it became big. They became huge and a big part of the rock sort of dynasty that continued into right when the point when the dynasty fell around 2004, when Jay left to become the president of Def Jam. And then the whole split between Jay and Dame and Big sort of happened, but they were really big of that part of Rockefeller maintaining that until the dynasty fell 
which was right around 2004, along with Kanye West. So, oh boy, was a big hit. And I remember that was actually one of my favorite joints to listen to because of that vocal sample with Mary J. Blige and how cleverly they used it. You talk about people who dominated during that summer. Nelly, Ashanti with Murder, Inc., Cameron with those particular songs really helped to make that soundtrack of that summer pop. Now, other songs during that summer, which also hit big. So Big Timers Stay Fly. Big Timers with Manny Fresh and Birdman, a.k.a. Baby. Now, this was a huge song, a really, really big song. Diddy, I Need a Girl Part 2. <laughs> Just two parts of Diddy. Diddy had I Need a Girl Part 1 and I Needed a Girl Part 2. That was big on the charts during that time. Uh, Music, who had released Just Listen earlier that spring, had a big hit with Half Crazy. And as the summer started out, this was in the top five of the charts during that time, the R&B charts. Music really took that momentum he had in the spring and helped to carry it into the beginning of that summer. A huge hit and one of only hit that we've had from her since this time was Truth Hurts, Addictive. And <laughs> crazy big hit, that beat that you hear, but it featured Kim with a verse in it as well. But Truth Hits Addictive was a huge hit. Nori's nothing. I mean, and here Nori is like, you know, a couple of years removed from not just N.O.R.E., the album and Melvin Flint, the hustler, but he's coming into this summer with nothing. (laughs) I don't even have to tell y'all, man, about clips, clips and grinding. (laughs) This really began their run into that fall of 2002 once Lord of Willing came out. When clips grinding came out, that beat is just something that all of us will remember and for those of us who are all a certain age and were at a point where we were still banging out beats, this was one of the biggest beats we were all banging out on the table was the Clips Grinding joint. But this was a huge hit. It really kind of got us ready for that period where Pharrell was sort of in the midst of a dominant run starting in like 2000 that continued all the way through the better part of the aughts. I mean, he was on fire. Pharrell and the Neptunes were absolutely on fire. I mean, I've mentioned a couple of these songs, and the thing about it is that people don't understand is that at least three or four of these songs on this list, Pharrell produced. (laughs) The Neptunes produced these songs. Like, that's how big they were during the earlier part of the 2000s. They were absolutely huge. And then uh, one more song that I want to mention about this summer of 02 that was really big and that as I've looked on Twitter and I've seen on social media a song that 20 years afterwards how I know has truly made an impact in the way that it sounds and the feeling that it gives people and that's none other than Amory's Why Don't We Fall In Love and I call Amory's Why Don't We Fall In Love the unofficial anthem of the summer of 02 now this didn't have a great great chart performance like some of these other songs that I'm mentioning when I'm telling you that this song was a jam it still is a jam but when we talk about a song that makes you feel like summer like a song that when you hear it when you hear the chords or the music and the beat the feeling that I get when I hear Amory's why don't we fall in love is summer that's the feeling that I get and so I think that a lot of people feel that way because it reminds them of that time this joint came out right in the midst of the summer of 02 and it was a huge hit I mean it wasn't chart smashing huge but the feeling that it gave everybody is just really undeniable so shout out to A. Marie and shout out to Why Don't We Fall In Love, as I like to call it, the unofficial anthem of the summer of 02, because that's the way it said it all. We talked about a lot of big hits during this summer, and 
you know, when you talk about summertime music, especially when it comes to hip hop and R&B, it's very, very competitive. And I'm not going to sit here and stack this up against some of the other like big summers we've talked about, you know, summers of 95, 96, 98, 2001, maybe even a lot of great summers that had great music. And this is probably not one that stacks up again amongst like the best two or three. But I would have to say it definitely left a mark only because if you see just the impact that this music had. Nelly, two songs that spent a combined 17 weeks on the charts. Ashanti, while heading into the summer, had a song that spent 10 weeks in, on the charts. Cameron's song, Oh Boy, spent a few weeks at number one. I want to say five weeks at number one on the charts. And we talked about all these other ones, the big timers, the ditties, the musics, the truth hurts, the Norris clips, and of course, A. Marie. Well, what it does is really make out for a memorable, memorable summer soundtrack. So, Shout out to the summer of 02, man. It was a fun summer for me. Working a couple of jobs. I was pretty tired during the week, but hanging out with people, my boy Deal, Def, smoking and making music sometimes on the weekend with the board folks, attending lots of those go-go's and cookouts. And then as I'm riding around between work or going to cookouts and go-go's, a lot of that music was a mixture of a lot of those artists and songs that I gave you, the Nellies, the Murder Inks, the Camerons, Big timers, a little bit of mixture of music that wasn't necessarily related to that time, but served as my soundtrack. You mix that in with Go-Go. And then another thing as well is that this summer also started, I think, a big wave of when reggae began. It's big wave of commercial success in the United States, starting primarily with the success of Sean Paul, who would release his second album later on in 2002. And next summer, what we're going to do, and I hope to have Khalil Wonder and Agard on for this next year, is to review the reggae summer of 2003 and how big it was for the culture of reggae music and commercially what it did for the genre. But this summer got us started with some of the things that we were looking out when it came to for reggae. And when that wave started at the end of 02, it carried on to 03 and then definitely made something that was a phenomenon by that summer of 2003. But that's our bonus segment. Always great to reminisce about some of those great summers of the past, especially the summer of 02. And we want to hear from y'all. What are some, if you remember them, your best memories musically from the summer of 02? Any one of these songs, any of these artists here memorable for you? And what is your memory of that particular song or that artist or a collection of these? Some of the things that happened during the summertime related to this music. Yo, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on IG. TikTok, we just told you you can hit us up on TikTok. And of course, leave us a message on the website. Go ahead and leave us that vocal message. The blue microphone in the right-hand corner. Click on that to leave us a vocal message to leave us your memory or what your thoughts were about music from the summer of 02. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are checking us out on our host on Red Circle. You can also visit us on our website at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there and check out the back catalog, listen to our episodes, leave us a review, rate the show. You can also make sure you get there to our social media channels at Vault Classic Pod on Instagram, at Vault Classic on Twitter, and also the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast on YouTube and Facebook. Like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, interact with us on social media. We do it here all for you. If you get to our website in the bottom left-hand corner, the coffee cup shaded in yellow, that's our buy me a coffee page. 
you can click on that, read the page, and also donate a small amount to us to make sure that we can continue keeping the vault open for many years to come. We appreciate the support, and if you have a friend, tell a friend, and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big, because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate, because you are never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.